How's everybody doing? I can't see you from up here. My goodness, those lights are blinding. Let me ask you this to start with. Do we have any cribbers in the house? <laughs> what do you like to chew on? <laughs> a serious problem, isn't it? And wood chewing in general. You know, you put up a nice, fancy new fence, and the next thing you know is chewed all the pieces. Anyone have that problem? Absolutely. I have to tell you my own story. It's kind of kind of sad, in fact. We had a nice fence on our property for, let's see, it's probably put up about eight years ago. And we just used this cheap white paint on the, on the post. Not the paint that I originally called for or wanted. And about seven years, about six years ago, the, the paint started fading and we decided we could better paint it again. So I went out and I bought the most expensive PVC impregnated paint that you could put on this fence. The 8,000 feet of fence. And guess what? The horses love the paint. We've never had one board chewed in seven years and now they're eating the paint. So sometimes there's a, uh, it's a very unusual situation and you just got to be careful what you buy. This is a, a, a horse paint, for goodness sake, from Lexington, Kentucky. But it was white, it wasn't the black stuff, it was a white fence. And it's kind of sad to see the horse chewed up, isn't it? Um, today I hope to present to you um, some options for cribbing. I have to totally admit that, you know, if I had all the answers to cribbing, I wouldn't be standing up here today. I'd probably be down in Costa Rica somewhere, because it's such a serious problem just by the size of this crowd. But uh, let's just kind of break it apart, you know, what is involved in cribbing, what's involved in wood chewing, and present some options that will help you. Before I go any further, let me ask you if you have any solutions to cribbing. Is there anyone here that has a solution? I don't see a single hand. Yeah, I have one right here. Yes. Okay. Sucker, or we 
we call them sometimes stump suckers. Anyone have one? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but you, you got one. She's proud of it, too. Oh, it's so awful, isn't it? I mean, you go to a show or something, and you just hear these funny noises, and oh, it's just so embarrassing to even see it or hear it. I have to say, my very first horse in life that I bought as a kid uh, was a stump sucker. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with it. They will eat your fence posts off. They will absolutely tear your trees apart. It's just awful. So if you haven't advanced to that point, consider yourself lucky. You know, if it's just an occasional chewer or an occasional cribber. Chewing and cribbing, most of the time, is two different things, but they are somehow related. Uh, in many cases, when you have these stump suckers, when you have these advanced uh, crippers, there is absolutely no question that pain is involved in many times in, in many of those cases. And they know that because the studies that they've done actually show that there is an endorphin release when they actually perform these unusual activities, such as wind sucking or actual cribbing. Because first of all, everyone knows what I'm talking about when I mention cribbing. I think so. I want to be sure. But endorphins are actually um, chemicals that are that give the animal a euphoric effect. You know, an unbelievable feeling, a, a feeling of euphoria or a feeling of uh, ecstasy. And it's what happens when you take drugs, apparently, a euphoric effect. And it kind of covers up that, that pain, so it's just not even an issue. Um, so euphoria or uh, can come from the actual process itself. How it works, no one really knows. You know how that, how those internal drugs are actually released to cause that pain to go away, or make it doesn't even make the pain go away. It just kind of apparently gives them a feeling where the pain's not even a bother anymore. You know, it's like back in the '60s where some of y'all might remember where the pain goes away. What other types of pain besides stomach pain could cause, uh, could, could be an issue? Well, let's look at the dog for just a minute. If anyone had a lip granuloma in a dog, where they actually start licking and the sore never ever goes away. They just lick and it gets worse and it gets bigger and, and you know, it may not get bigger, but that sore is just always there and it's so difficult to take care of um, from a small animal point of view. You know, they, they sometimes will freeze them off, they'll cut them out, but every time they, it seems like they always come back. Now, many times those are related to pain. You know, maybe arthritis in the joint, maybe arthritis or some um, underlying lesion there, something that gets them started. Of course, the next biggest cause of those, as it is in horses, many times is it's just boredom. You know, I, I think pain and boredom can certainly go hand in hand. So if you have, or boredom could lead, or pain could lead to uh, the cribbing, and boredom could certainly lead to the to, to, to the cribbing. Now you've probably heard most of this stuff that we're talking about so far. Uh, I do want to give you some answers down the road on how to take care of it, but it's important that we understand sometimes we just have to change the environment of these horses. You know, if you have a horse that's in the stall all the time, he's going to be more apt to crib. One thing, if they're in the stall most of the time, you can actually crib proof your stall. We actually have at our barn, the uh, Zendy Barns, and I don't know if you're familiar with those, but the whole inside of the barn of the stall is metal. There's no place for a horse to even chew. 
So if they're bored, they never start chewing, and then they never actually um, wind up having problems just from that boredom in the stall. Of course, you get a horse out every day anyway. I'm sure you do too. But just being in the stall alone is enough to start chewing and then eventually lead to cribbing. And hopefully not lead to stop sucking or uh, wind suckers, but it could. Now, would you agree with me on that? Boredom is a big issue with horses. Boredom is a big issue when it comes to ulcers in horses. Um, most, many of your race horses have ulcers because of the stress that's involved, because of the, um, you know, being up all the time, and sudden bursts of energy rather than and, and mellowed out most of the time. It's just like they've got all this pent-up energy and they don't know what to do with it, so they'll start doing something, you know? So, Putting things in the stall could actually help toys or something. Some horses will fold with toys. Um, I've seen them push these balls all over the pasture. I've seen them play with balls, things hanging down from the ceiling. Sometimes those will help with the board. So, you know, don't put things in the stall that they can chew on and certainly have things for them to do if you can. Um, stall or chew-proofing a stall is difficult. I will say that. Because some of these wind suckers, some of these bad cribbers, even the feed bucket, they will actually bite and break. And metal, I mean, I've seen them take metal fence uh, gates and bend them. So it's very difficult to handle just by, you know, eliminating things from the environment. Um, a horse that had that, that is a cribber, you are a chewer, you definitely don't want to put them into your pasture where you have all those nice wooden fences because they will be ruined. You know, you might want to look at some different type of materials on the fence posts. Um, maybe even steel posts, you know, or maybe some of these composite type posts that they just can't tear up. These are all the ways just to kind of the symptoms, you know, not necessarily cure the problem, but take care of it, kind of like many drugs do today. You know, for those of you that don't know me, I'm a, um, I'm really more holistic than anything. We don't use any drugs or chemicals in our practice at all, and uh, if there's a more natural approach, we're definitely going to use it, because many times these drugs and chemicals that are used for various things, they just lead to another set of symptoms. They might take care of this problem, but you wind up with something else down the road. Kind of like these commercials on TV for all these drugs. It's amazing all the side effects. Well, that's what happens many times with medicine in general. I try to take a look at the other end of it and see what was causing it. Instead of just covering up the symptoms, try to take care of the cause so the problem goes away. Do a different approach as far as medicine goes. Now, you see these drugs and chemicals for everything. That's all I was taught in school. But um, in 92, I sold my veterinary clinics, kind of stepped back from the rat race and making a ribbon and, you know, vaccinating and so on and so forth, you know, the traditional stuff, and was able to, to see a little better way as far as health care goes. And it's advanced to the point now where we don't use drugs and chemicals at all in our practice. Um, we just focus on the nutrition. I don't want to get off the subject too much, but let's just think about this for a minute. Hypothyroidism in horses, you know, the hypothyroid is, is part of, regulates the metabolism of a horse. And I'm bringing this up because obviously if the, if the thyroid's functioning properly, you're going to have a horse that is, is um, mentally more sane. You know, he's not going to be hyper, he's not going to be lethargic, he's going to be mentally more sane. So from a holistic point of view, 
when you put a force on thyroid medicine, you actually shut the thyroid down because you're taking over for that thyroid production and you're giving them a synthetic thyroid product. Well, when you shut that thyroid down or when you, when you put them on that medication you shut that thyroid down, doesn't it make sense that you know, that thyroid is going to stop functioning over time? It's just going to eventually not do anything because you're providing a synthetic hormone in the system. If the thyroid is so important metabolically, wouldn't it make sense to kind of help the thyroid produce more by providing the nutrition and getting rid of the stuff that's, that's not allowing it to function properly and just kind of take over for it? I think it would because when the, the thyroid is responsible for so much more than just producing that little synthetic hormone. You know, if you actually shut it down, it may not do other things that it needs to be doing. It actually works much better from a holistic point of view than provide nutrition for the thyroid to start functioning itself. to function better. So that would be just an example of a more holistic approach, and it certainly ties in with cribbing, because cribbing is very much a metabolic issue. Uh, could be a metabolic issue. It could be something missing in their diet. Okay, so we talked about boredom. Um, we talked about pain. What if there was something missing in their diet that could negatively affect the thyroid or negatively affect anything in the body and certainly uh, lead to cribbing? Well, there's quite a bit of... Um, not necessarily research with regard to that, but there is some um, information out there, some, some results in cribbing using different amino acids. Now, what's an amino acid? It's the basic building block of protein. All protein is made up of amino acids. Well, there are some amino acids that if you provide in their diet, sometimes they will help a horse stop cribbing. Does anyone know what they are? Tryptophan is one of them. That's what you get at, turkey, at Christmas, at uh, Thanksgiving, when you eat the turkey. A lot of tryptophan. Kind of makes you sleepy, kind of mellows you out a little bit. And it may just be that it's a, kind of a sedative effect from that tryptophan. Tyrosine is another one that sometimes will help. But uh, can you see how that might play a factor here? And tryptophan is an amino acid. It's part of the protein. If you have a um, one, imagine a protein being like a ladder. And if you got to get to the root, you need to have every step in that ladder. Well, each of these steps would be an amino acid. The whole ladder might be the, the actual protein. If you have a section of that ladder missing, you're not going to get to the root. If you have a specific amino acid missing in the diet, you might have a cripple. You might have some other problem. You might have a thyroid that's not functioning properly that leads to a metabolic situation, you know, where they're hyper or, or not hyper and, and bored and just kind of out of it a little bit. Does this make sense at all? Okay. So there's a lot of factors there other than just boredom and other than just pain. I have no doubt that nutrition is critical because many times we can fix cribbing with nutritional products. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit more in just a second. Another thing that we want to look at is the neurological aspects of cribbing. You know, the, the neuro 
degenerative situation that might be going on, you know, how the nerves themselves might be affected. And I had a question just a minute ago about uh, weaving, like I'm doing up here, I'm, you know, stall weaving, even head shaking. Does anyone have a head shaker in here? You know, where they, I mean, they actually are bobbing their head and moving their head back. And, and some of these horses, when you put them in a stall, they'll just they'll weave from this side, go back to this side. And, you know, you got to admit that's not exactly normal, okay? Norse critting or, or whatever. But those situations, the cause of some links to what I consider very serious problems may be related to cribbing too. What I found in treating those, and I've been pretty successful at treating those, especially the head shaking, kind of like a bell palsy situation in a person, you know what I'm talking about, where they actually have a shaking. Most of those, and I'm not saying bell's palsy is, but I feel strong that it is related, most of those are actual or toxins in the system, actual contaminants or poisons, things like heavy metals. I don't have any doubt that there's heavy metals in, in most people that have a Bell's palsy situation, most horses that have a head shaking situation. Heavy metals are common in our horses' diets. They're common in our horses, they're common in us. Our oceans are so full of mercury, you know, as far as people dies goes, horses don't get too many things from the ocean, but I'm careful to not put too many things from the ocean in our horses. And when I mention heavy metals, what am I talking about? Things like lead, aluminum, arsenic, cadmium, mercury. Now, I will tell you this, our horses are full of this stuff. Because I used to do a lot of hair analysis. I mean, tons of, I would actually take some of the main, send it off to the lab, come back, customize a mix to, uh, to fill those deficiencies, to handle the excesses, actually customize a mineral mix for these horses. But it, and I don't do it anymore because I have some other answers and it just seem to create more problems than good in the long run because you make the mix and you come back a year later and do it again and they'd be out of balance again somewhere else. But in the process of this discovery process, I kept finding all this lead, aluminum, cadmium, arsenic, mercury. Now, where was it coming from? I traced it to two major sources. And I say this because this could be part of the cribbing situation. And most horses that we address this from this angle have done better as far as cribbing. Uh, where's it coming from? Well, one place I found where these heavy metals are definitely coming from is their vaccinations. And we vaccinate our horses a lot, folks. And our vaccinations are full of heavy metals. Mercury, aluminum are very common as preservatives in our vaccinations. Even people vaccinations. I have no doubt that autism in children is directly related to vaccinations. I could put a hundred doctors up here on the stage today that, that specialize in autism that will show you how it's from vaccinations and they'll talk to you about how to treat it. So heavy metals are an issue and, and a horse that has these neurological problems like cribbing, you need to address the heavy metals. Another source of these heavy metals is from salt and minerals. Now that's probably going to blow your mind. You know, we have some wonderful mineral supplements out there in the market. But I couldn't imagine that they were actually had lead, aluminum, arsenic, cadmium, and things like that in them. And I finally found the source of them. Um, a veterinarian, a friend of the thing, led me to a veterinarian who had the answers 
research to show that many of their minerals today are full of heavy metals. The very ones that we're talking about. Um, unfortunately, every time we try to publish the information, we get called to the dean's office. Because the school gets so much money, the college gets so much money from the fertilizer companies and the mineral companies and so on. But anyway, when you have a neurological situation like cribbing or head shakes or stall weaving, um, you've got to address the heavy metal issue. And I'm not here to tell you not to vaccinate today, but we don't vaccinate anymore. We simply don't vaccinate. Um, but stop by the booth and I can share some more information on that. We're not here to discuss that aspect. But we are here to discuss how to fix these cribbing and windsuckers. And one of the things that we need to do with these horses is to get rid of the salt block. Salt blocks and mineral blocks. Because like I said, many minerals today are full of heavy metal. And they can affect the nervous system. No question about it. Salt blocks are white blocks. White salt in general is dead. It's killed rod. It's bleached. Even free choice minerals or mineral blocks heavy metals because many of the minerals that man puts in there are other industries leftovers. Like selenium, for instance, is a waste product of copper mining, often has arsenic and it's contaminated with arsenic. So it may be that these heavy metals are associated with it. Okay. Um, another issue with regards to nervous conditions such as this is fats. Now society where most of us are fat and overweight. Simple as that. Look at our horses. Most, many of our horses today are fat, overweight, crusty neck, metabolic issues. I have never seen so many fat, overweight, crusty neck horses. Insulin resistant, the same complex, laminated horses, allergy horses. Why is that? In my opinion, these hydrogenated processed fats that we're using in our commercial foods are a major problem. They're a part of it. They're actually like making every little cell in the body like a little plastic ball. And I want to draw a picture of that because it's so important. And here's why it's important. There is a doctor in Pennsylvania. She, in Habersham, Pennsylvania, she has a clinic that specializes in these neurodegenerative diseases in people. You know, where they're actually in wheelchairs, like Blue Gehrig's disease, and um, just all types of, uh, I can't even remember the name, MS, and fibromyalgia, all these things. Where people actually, many times, are coming in a wheelchair, and guess how she's treating these people? She's flooding the body with good fats by, by injecting them IV, displacing all these bad fats, and folks are going home walking. And she's been doing this for years. Without a doubt, that fats are related in these neurological problems. And I have no doubt that they're related in these cribbing problems. So, and our commercial foods are full of hydrogenated fats, vegetable oil, corn oil, things like that. You know, um, what, um, we're getting them too in our snack foods, especially, but our horses are getting are full of them. Let me pull this up here where you can see it. I just want to show you how fats relate to the body because with these quivers, you've got to get them off these commercial feeds and lashes and the cause of the fat. In the body, uh, every cell in the body is 
surrounded by a membrane. Imagine like a basketball, the skin of a basketball. Okay? That membrane itself is composed of fat. These lines, like the old, remember the, the train sets that we had at Christmas with the cross ties that went around the Christmas tree, the cross ties perfectly lined up. Those are fat cells. Those are fat cells that allow the nutrition to get into the cell and the waste products to get out of the cell. Now, when you look at a cell that is normal and healthy, these they're actually vibrating. They're actually even living to get the nutrition out the junk out. When you look at a cell under the microscope where they can, where they have hydrogenated fats, instead of being nicely lined up, they're just all jumbled up. Look like the cross ties dumped out of a dump truck, and they're not vibrating anymore. They're dead. So it's kind of like when you eat these hydrogenated fats or your horses eat these hydrogenated fats, it's kind of like plasticide in every cell in the body. Nerves are mostly fat. The brain is 60, 70, 80% fat. The spinal cord is mostly fat. The only thing that allows a child to start walking in the first place is fat. But when the sheath, the myelin sheath, develops around the spinal cord. So fats are critical to our horses' diets and they're critical to us. They have to have fats, just like we have to have fats. You know, we've all been sold a bill of goods in this country as far as fat, as far as margarine. You know, most people think margarine is better for you. Well, margarine is these hydrogenated junk fats. You know, our horse's feed is full of these hydrogenated oils. And we've got to get away from this or we're going to kill our horses. So you've got to look at the diets of these horses. You've got to look at the commercial feed. You know, I've actually gone back to just feeding oats, just pure oats. Not commercial feed that have these fats. Not to mention all the other things that are in these commercial feeds. And you have to make the oats complete. You have to have the vitamins and minerals to make the oats complete. And you have to add the, the fat to make it complete. Now, one question I get is, where do they get these fats in the wild? And I'll keep looking at, well, what do the, what do the Mustangs do? What do the wild horses do? Where, where do they get fats in the wild? Well, they get it from seedheads. You know, they can pick the grasses and get the fats right from the seedheads. But they're not processed fat. Another issue might be pellets. You know, I would take one of these river horses, at least cryos, get them off pellets, because pellets are cooked. You know, the enzymes are gone in most cases, unless they add them back at the end. But when you cook and make a pellet, it's a very high temperature process. What goes in to make a pellet is not what comes out to make what comes out the other end. So we just got to really focus on the nutrition of these horses and, you know, go back to what's more natural. Get away from the commercial foods, get back to the natural stuff. Is this making any sense at all? Is it helpful at all? I know it's a lot of a lot of technical stuff here, but, you know, our horses today have some real problems diet-wise. Most of our allergy horses, most of our allergy horses can be fixed just with the diet alone. You know, not necessarily steroids like we would typically use in regular practice or antihistamines. You know, I used to use that kind of stuff. Now, again, I go, I go back and try to look at the cause and see if we can't cure the problem instead of just covering up the problem. Talked about pain. What could you do to help alleviate maybe the pain in a horse? Certainly not you, but not opinion, because this might lead to some other problem, like more of a gut problem. And even some of your joint formulas out there are, are 
pretty strong stuff. I'm not too fond of um, a devil's claw on a regular basis in horses, on a daily basis. How many use devil's claw? It's actually an herb. It's a great herb in certain situations. But on a daily basis, in a joint formula, I don't like it because it's so strong and you might as well be using a drug. Anytime I use anything on a regular basis, I want to see what it does for the gut. Many things that control pain destroy the gut. So you have kind of a two-edged sword there. And they do that by certain enzymes that they either produce or, or get rid of. And it's important that they also protect the gut. And you can, you can tell by measuring certain enzymes that, that, that are in that product whether they protect the gut or not. Uh, joint formulas, I don't know many companies that have actually done that. But if you'll stop by the booth, I can show you how we have, you know, how important that is and why it's important. But um, pain in general, most of the time, if you have one of these horses, it would be important to look at what's going on pain-wise. You know, do they have a problem? Do they have a shifting leg lameness to go with it? That would be an indication of a heavy metal problem. You know, if you have a horse that's lame in one leg one day and lame in another the next, Many times that's even heavy metals like aluminum toxicity like we talked about earlier. Because aluminum will draw calcium out of the bones and actually deposit it in different places throughout the body. And certainly calcium deposits can cause lameness. Lameness is painful. And you know, they may be looking for that euphoric effect from the cricket. Does that make sense? Okay? supplement or something for a cribbing horse because usually our horses have some type of joint issue. I mean, for goodness sakes, we ride them. You know, that back is a long back. You know, find a chiropractor for these guys too. If you have a cribbing horse, if you can find a local chiropractor, you know, have them check their horse out. Have them see if there's any misalignments in the back because that could certainly lead to pain. That could certainly lead to um, cribbing as a result of pain. Chiropractic is a, I'm telling you, let me just tell you where I came from chiropractic-wise. When I was in vet school, of course, they didn't care much about chiropractors, and I was a vet student, and I didn't care much about them either. And I came home one Christmas break, and my mom uh, said, I'm not sure, I think I'm going to go to the chiropractor. And uh, I said, no, no, go to them, they're just quacks. That's where I was from a conventional viewpoint. Now I do practice chiropractic. I do practice a technique of chiropractic called veterinary orthopedic manipulation. It's like chiropractic, and it's amazing what it can do for these animals. Incredible what it can do. If you have um, lameness issues or spiteful issues, most of the time you can fix those just from a chiropractic adjustment. So if you have a cribbing horse, please have them check chiropractically. We talked about getting them off commercial feeds. You know, consider just a basic diet of oats. Of course, you got to make the oats complete. you got to get the fats right as well. But it's a changing diet is, is important. Get rid of the salt blocks. Get rid of the mineral blocks. Um, and look at a more natural source of mineral and salt rather than these minerals that are just your typical mineral out there. We've actually found a source 
source of mineral from the desert that used to be the ocean many, many years ago. And I'm sure, because this has helped so many coopers, I'm sure it does go because there's probably micronutrients in there we haven't even discovered yet. You know, man doesn't know everything about minerals. There may be something missing in our precious diet, period, that, um, that can cause these critical situations. It may be those amino acids that we talked about. Um, it may be a simple sugar. You know, I found that um, uh, I think we're going to find more and more information there as time goes on that, that certain fibers, certain types of cellulose, certain types of sugars will uh, are involved in these cribbing situations. Because again, part of this exchange here is involved uh, in the cell wall itself. These sugars help the new, help the communication, help things be exchanged too. The diet is just so so critical with these cribbers. Not just putting them on medication. Not just putting them on these, even these ultra medications. Most of your ultra medications, they kind of work off we talked about with the thyroid a while ago. They change the pH and they reduce the acidity in the stomach, which makes the ulcer kind of go away a little bit. But wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense if you're just constantly changing the acid in the stomach that you're eventually going to have other digestive problems too? Doesn't that make sense? I mean, just like eating tons all the time, you're going to change your gut so much just from changing the acidity of the gut that you're always going to have gut problems. Okay, we've covered a bunch of stuff. Now I want to tell you a specifically step-by-step thing that you can do to fix these critters. First of all, for any questions so far. Yes. Oh, where's my boot? Thank you. It's in the in the young building back right across from the uh, prefer area, the back side. The other building. I don't know the number, I'm sorry. Natural horsehead. Natural horsehead. Yes, ma'am. How do we determine what amino acids are missing? Well, we really can't. Really what we've been able to do is add amino acids back to the diet and see if we get results or not. And in many cases we have. Uh, I really have no clue how you could ever do that from a scientific point of view. But I'm sure it's being done as we speak. You know, there's people working on this problem because it is such a critical thing. Now, what what we've used is, um, again, oats is a good source of protein, so that helps. And we've actually had protein mixes added to our um, supplements, and that's helped, and we've had some products that will uh, certainly offer those solutions. Did you have a question? Yes. Yeah.
in or whatever. And not a bad idea anyway for most horses, if you really think about it, the way we work our horses, the way we ride them, the way the young horses in the training, the older horses out riding. I mean, most every horse should be on some type of joint family. If that doesn't, doesn't do it, then we actually have another product that boosts the immune system, the true immune modulator. It has some of these simple sugars that we talked about. It has some of these extra fibers that we talked about. And many times that will actually be the final solution. Not 100% of the time, but in most cases, if we approach it from that perspective, we can take care of the problem. It's going to tell you if you have a thousand pound horse, 
people have an idea of horse. You know, some horses eat a little, some horses eat a lot. If you have an easy keeper and say he only eats a pound a day instead of that five pounds, that's what you're going to do with the easy keeper, right? And you're going to cut back on a feed. That's the logical thing to do. Well, he's only going to get one fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes and everything that was added to that feed. That's going to negatively affect the metabolism even more, so it becomes more of an easy keeper. So if you have a horse that's a health keeper who eats a lot, he's going to be all out of balance this way. All the more reason to go back to just oats, where you can get whatever amount of oats they need, and then you add what man knows they need to those oats to make them complete. You add the fats to those oats to make them complete. They can eat whatever amount of oats they need. As long as you're putting the proper supplements in there. And then that's man's idea of what they need. And then you kind of pick up the pieces with Mother Nature's products, and that's the natural salt and mineral that we were just talking about. That probably provides nutrients that we haven't even discovered yet. It's a very simple thing as far as nutrition. And that alone, again, has many, many, many times fixed these cribbing horses. Any other questions? Yes. Sugar low, sugar high, sugar low. You know, you have a, um, a situation where there's no reserve. 
weren't ready for it. So I don't really have an answer there, except that I would show the nutritional. My focus is nutritional. You know, I get so many results from nutrition. All these overweight, insulin-resistant, allergy courses, 99% of the problems we can fix just with nutrition. Just getting them off this commercial feed, getting, getting rid of these fats, getting rid of the salt blocks and mineral blocks, having a natural source, food source, salt and mineral.